swords with candle art to spark souls and charge tolls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elder scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue keeps the exit gamer news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go on over to Twitter. My Control Issues is the handle. Uh, check with your podcast provider. Look for Control Issues. Download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Let us know you're living. And also head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos every so often for your viewing pleasure. We're here for you. We're here for you. AMC, what's it looking like? Well, it's looking good, A-Tub. We got How we you got doing AMC. We got we got a little samurai coming right around the corner. I mean, I'm in that I'm in that glow, that that pre-glow. Not the afterglow, the pre-glow. The pre-glow. Because I know what's coming, A-Dub. I'm so excited. I mean, I, do you know what's coming, though? I don't need to know. I'm just looking forward to it. <laughs> you, you know in the general sense of the term, you know what's coming. Like, you, you guys know by now if you've been listening to Control Issues for a long time. But, you know, if you're a newcomer, maybe you don't know. AMC and I prefer the approach where we go into these games as cold as possible. Like, just... As little information, as as few videos, as few articles as possible. We're trying to preserve the magic of the good old days. You know, the good old days that were good for everyone, at least in the gaming sense, where, you know, you bought games based on seeing box art. Or like you looked in a magazine, it's like, oh, that looks cool in those six or seven still images. And because I'm not, I'm not reading this article, I'm 12. So, yeah, you... You just go in, you take a chance on something, then Blockbuster came along and suddenly, you know, you could go to the, go there and just like rent something, just a, a low risk investment. And, you know, that's how the classics were discovered. You, you had the word of mouth, you had the printed word, the earlier reviews. It was, it was a magic time. So in this modern era where we have articles, videos, podcasts, wink, wink. Leaks. <laughs> leaks. <laughs> we got leaks. We got insiders. We got influencers. We got outsiders. <laughs> we got rumors. <laughs> we got rumors. We got worries, concerns, uh-huh. gripes, grinded gears, whatever you want to call it. We got it these days. So as, you know, long time enthusiasts also as purists of the game experience as scene painters we like to go in with a blank slate with a blank canvas as much as possible so that the game itself can do the convincing and plead its own case instead of having to hear it from you know 70,000 armchair gaming industry experts who think they got it on lock yeah it's very much similar to if like you just know a comedian and you like a comedian and 
you laugh at the premise without even hearing like the joke just because oh you're already taking me in a good direction and i like where we're going so i'm already laughing that's very much ghost of tsushima it's you got a samurai game made by sucker punch all right i'm already on board just it's open me, world open world show me like five minutes of gameplay oh you're still doing that thing that i like all right i'm already in i don't need to see more don't need to know more just give me the game Oh, that was a side quest? Oh, the other side quest is just as juicy? Oh, you got birds showing me where to go? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got set pieces? Everything's moving all the time? The wind showing me? The wind is speaking to me? (laughs) The wind is guiding me (laughs) to my destiny? (laughs) (laughs) And that's just on a little bit of gameplay that we saw. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so next time you talk to us, we'll, we'll have had our, our hands on Ghost of Tsushima. You, you, A-Double have been at least 10 hours into it, like, on some real nook and cranny shit. You got it. You got collectors on the way? or just I got collector's edition, so I won't be playing it Thursday night. I'll be enjoying my, my half a day of work on Friday, take that, that summer Friday for the rest of the day, fly on over to Best Buy, fly back home, smoke a bowl. And go to town. Oh yes, you gotta um, make sure I work out before before I leave the house. Before you smoke that ball. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to be all week. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Done what? Have you ever uh, done that? Like, yeah, it's uh, it, it requires before a workout and then like try to lift. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, it, it requires all concentration, or just things will go haywire. So, yeah. what I do like about it is it 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 makes you more intense because you don't want to drop the weight or you know just do it wrong and end up like throwing out your back because we're on that age. Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah, flirting with it every week. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely you do feel. As as uh, Goku would say, you feel you feel that weight coming from the uh, the shoes and the and the vest and all that stuff that you're yeah. wearing. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Um, but except for when it comes to video games, I feel like smoking is me taking off the weight and then releasing all of my power. <laughs> for me, like when I do that before I work out, it just feels like it. It has this time dilating effect. And it's like the sets take longer, so I feel like I'm getting fatigued and I'm in the moment. So I'm thinking like, uh, uh, that one didn't feel as good. Uh, that one didn't feel as good. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time it gets to the end, it's like, am I going to be able to get the last one? Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> you lose count halfway. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been doing good. Since, <laughs> since we went on lockdown, I've worked out steadily and consistently for like the past four months. Been under 200 pounds for like the longest period of time. Uh, since, in years, really. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Putting it together like a racing track. Yeah, but other than that, A-Dub, you know, we got a couple of days until we get our hands on Ghost of Tsushima. So yes. what have you been playing? Well, I believe I told you guys that I reached the conclusion of The Last of Us 2. Uh, I, I laughed, I wept, tears of joy, tears of sadness. Uh, I smiled, I frowned, I winced. <laughs> Yeah. It was it was a roller coaster of emotions. It was a long ass roller coaster. So I definitely got my money's worth and and my e- emotional maturity's worth. I did a lot of growing <laughs> along with the characters. 
But that's done. Been playing Borderlands 3 extremely hard. It, the game is just so damn fun. It's so easy to plug it in, start it up, and just run around, shoot things. My brother was going upstairs. Oh, yeah, I thought it was a TV. <laughs> no. uh, let me let this dog out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Hold, Hold on. on. And we are, we are back. back. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's had a little interruption. But, yeah, Borderlands 3, playing the hell out of it. Like I said, it's like I said, it's easy to pick up and play. It's easy to get into. It completely remember all the controls. It all feels normal. I've expressed many times how when you play more difficult games, or should I say tougher games, that when you go back to something that's familiar and more straightforward, it just makes you that much better at it. So playing Borderlands 3, just massacring it. I think I'm going to level up higher than I did with my, my first character, stacking Guardian levels, getting legendaries, got crazy equipment, shredding enemies, starting to approach the point of maxing out one of the skill trees for my siren, so now I'm trying to think about the next one that I'm going to be moving into. Yeah, man, playing with the siren, it's, I guess I understand it more, more so than I did with the first Borderlands as well as the second one, because now it's, with the understanding I've gained from playing other games like Divinity and things like that, or Diablo and really digging into builds, I'm start, I've never looked at Borderlands from the perspective of a build and the things I can do to maximize the effectiveness of that build. So now that I'm bringing that mindset into the experience, suddenly I'm just squeezing ridiculous amounts of power out of this character. I'm walking into situations unbothered if I'm, if I'm not performing as well as I think I should. I can let off her action skill and equalize the playing field, or I could just switch to a weapon that I know will get the job done level the playing field, keep moving. I Because I played the game so extensively the first time, I'm extremely familiar with all of the different maps. So there's not really any anything that's secret to me. Also, I'm giving myself the benefit of using like walkthroughs and just looking up things online if I'm stumped or if I don't feel like thinking about something for too long. But by and large, I've remembered most of the tough ones there's just little stuff like do i need to worry about this now or when does this become accessible so yeah man i'm just i'm playing the hell out of that i'm at level 40 or 41 i'm very close to the end i'm hoping i can put the whole thing to bed tonight and at least get a taste of true vault hunter mode and then yeah cutting through it having a blast AMC, what have you been playing? This has been uh, a strange week for me because pretty much up until this point, all I've been playing is Octopath Traveler. and um, Still. Oh, man. Um, it, it's going to be a long-ass time, A-Dub. I, it's now, so I'll get into it. So this is what happened. So I played it where I left off last week. You can you can skip ahead maybe 10 minutes or so if you want to hear in-game stuff in the game and uh, Octopath. But um, I heard about the true final boss. I fought all eight prior bosses because you have to do that. You have to do a boss run before you can fight the true final boss. And so I did all that. 
handle those bosses, I get to the final boss. And this is what I didn't know, and this is what I learned as I as I went to engage with him, is that uh, I get prompted. Now, what is going to be your makeup for your primary team and your secondary team? You have four on each team. Decide the team, the the team, like uh, set up the dynamics and everything. And very Final Fantasy six ish. Yeah, immediately I'm like, oh shit. And the reason why I say oh shit is because I've been focusing since I beat uh, the campaigns for all eight characters. I've been focusing on four characters, building them up for this final boss fight completely ignoring the other four. So I have these guys at around 65 and my other characters are at 45. So I I go in, I set up the teams, obviously assuming that the weaker team is just going to get dominated. And then my second team will come in and take care of the boss. So the boss fight starts. My first team with the weaker characters gets dominated, but I've been building up this other four to the point where they can pretty much handle the boss. After that first four get dominated, a game over screen shows up. <laughs> mm. Tells me I have to go to my last save. And what I what I didn't mention is that you can't save before you enter that final sequence of fighting all eight final bosses before fighting fighting the true final oh, boss. Eight final bosses. <laughs> so <laughs> I sit there and I'm like, so one, I'm gonna have to fight all eight of those motherfuckers again in order to get a, just a shot at that final boss. And I know that I now have to use... So I went to the wiki, because I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Why did, I, why did I get a game over of that first group loss? And it's because there are two phases in the boss fight. And so that first group has to be able to handle the first phase of the boss fight, which clearly didn't happen, in order to then get to the second phase, where, where then the second team steps in and then has to basically finish off the boss fight. So now I have to go back and do some hardcore leveling for these other guys to get them on par, which also means I have to also get equipment and all that shit because I've been selling off stuff in order to buy better equipment. So I now need to go buy, um, I can't even buy it back. I have to just go find other people with good equipment so that I can now restock the other four guys while leveling them up. So I, 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 I literally like it took a second because I was I, I was playing during work because that's what I've been doing lately. There and it is. I, pl- I played during lunch. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it's it. It's the best. I was just thinking like I'm at work, <laughs> but I'm at home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could just just hop in, shoot something for like thirty minutes, get, get back to business. Put it in rest mode and pick up where I left off later. Exactly. Um. And so yeah, I was absolutely heated so angry because i was just reading now about the boss fight and i'm just getting pissed off and um like i tell marissa and she's like are you kidding me and i was like yeah because she knew i was like i was told her i was like i'm going into the final boss fight wish me luck and um so she she just knew i was so upset so i couldn't even touch the game for like at least five days i uh i went in i started playing smash brothers ultimate because i hadn't unlocked every character so i went in and unlocked every character in smash brothers ultimate damn yeah i was just like i want something visceral without any thought with no story just i want to whoop some ass if i had doom eternal that's exactly what i would have needed for that moment just go in and kill everything and not think about my game at all um so i enjoyed smash brothers handled that business and then um jumped into catherine Full body, that God body, that mm-hmm. whole body. Uh, mm-hmm. Played, played a little of that, that home body, that home body. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Played Catherine full body. Did uh, progress some of the story. Did some puzzles. 
And then um, after that, I finally like my anger subsided, and I hopped, <laughs> back, <laughs> I hopped back into Octopath, did a little leveling. Um, I realized I was like, you know what, like this is actually perfect. I have a ton of like podcasts and even audiobooks that I can be listening to right now. So I literally don't have to think about this game because I'm just leveling. So I'm just gonna be running around. Uh, random encounters just fighting stronger enemies while i'm leveling up my guys um so i just figured this is the perfect podcast game now so it's now been moved to like basically a, a b-tier style of game where i'm gonna have ghost of Tsushima or whatever is gonna be my priority and then when i just have a couple minutes to dick around i'll hop into octopath level up my characters and then eventually i'll beat the game but it'll this will probably be one of the last times you hear about octopath coming for me until i beat that game it was so heartbreaking. It was so heartbreaking when I, when that when that moment happened. I was just so upset. But it is what it is. We got Ghost of Tsushima on the way. Sorry, Octopath. You you, you we had a good run, and then you you just got on some bullshit when it came to this true final boss fight. Um. So yeah. Uh. Let's get into it, a dub. Let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of the week. Oh yes, a dub. So uh, we we had some um. Well, we had some leaks, and then we had some announcements, and it's coming by way of Ubisoft with the Ubisoft Forward. So this is their uh, direct-style event. We don't have an E3 this year, so developers are taking it to their own hands to let people know what's coming out. And so Ubisoft, um, they came out. There was the leak leading up to the event, that being Far Cry 6 A-Dub. Um there were leaks, and then obviously at Ubisoft Forward, we then saw the official cinematic trailer. Um, this revealing your boy, Poyos Hermanos from Breaking Bad, or what would you say his name was, Dub? Gus? Gus. <laughs> Gus Fring. Yeah, and he is going to be the uh, villain. So, you know, I went to the Ubisoft website, and I pulled up the actual uh, release for this. So I'm just read this all off real quick. Far Cry 6 has been announced, revealing a Caribbean island simmering with revolutionary tension. The Far Cry franchise has always had a flair for fascinating antagonists, and Far Cry 6 will feature actor Giancarlo Esposito, better call yes. Saul, The Boys, Ya Boys, and... Oh, he's in The Boys, huh? Yes, and he's also in The Mandalorian. He's, he's killing the game. <laughs> yeah, his management team is repping him right yeah, as President Anton Castillo, the violent leader who grips the island of Yara with an iron fist promising, promising a return to its former glory. Uh, Far Cry 6. You mean making, making Yara great again? Yeah, making Yara great again with a, a grenade. As it burns to the ground. Yes. Uh, far, <laughs> clearing, out the, clearing out the crowd so you can take a picture. Uh, Far Cry 6 is coming to Xbox Series X. PlayStation 5, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Stadia, and PC through the Epic Game Store. Yeah, more, more of that to come. You play and you play that plus. Is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On February 18th, 2021. Uh, a little more here. As Danny Rojas, playable as female and male, uh, you will help stoke, <laughs> stoke the fires of revolution through guerrilla warfare across the island of Yara, from verdant jungles to the urban streets of the capital city Esperanza. You'll use the powerful array of weapons and vehicles to build a network of allies to fight alongside you, including fangs, fangs for hire like Chorizo, the dangerously distracting wiener, wiener dog. Yes. Um, Far Cry 6 is now available for pre-order. 
players who purchase the game on Xbox One and PS4 will be able to upgrade their version to Xbox Series X and PS5 at no cost. So do you think do you think free upgrades are going to be something that we only see like in that first year? I don't know. It is with those remasters. <laughs> but once again, Adub, um, it's available for pre-order. I haven't checked the pre-order price, but I'm assuming it's not 70 bucks. And they just said it's a free upgrade to the PS5 version from the PS4 version. So, but they're going to be charging seventy dollars for something. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll get so that money. Gonna be, yeah. <laughs> so I got to get mad about it because right yeah. <laughs> every game is going to be seventy dollars. We got to stop it before it, before it really gets traction. <laughs> so I mean, um, uh, where are you at with uh, Far Cry Six or just Far Cry franchise? I mean, it was a cinematic trailer, so there wasn't much to see there other than like the tone, the atmosphere. And if you're familiar with modern Far Cry, then you probably have an idea of what that experience is going to be like based on what they're showing you. Uh, for me, I might get into it. I mean, Far Cry 5 looked interesting to me. However, I just I was hesitant to pull the trigger on that one. But I am a fan of the Far Cry franchise, so a new one is always welcome. Uh, can't wait to see what they do to change up the experience i like i mean the vehicles they got those 50s style like just nice classic cars bel air and like chevelle well not chevelle but like bel air looking cars so yeah man it's it's interesting i'm going with it i mean there are some rumors circulating based on the trailer though one of which is a pretty big one they're saying that the kid that's in the trailer looks a lot like a young boss from Far Cry 3. Yeah, so it's possible that this game could be a prequel in the franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah. You see, I think you it was see like, how he became the man. Yeah, I believe like the kid, I believe he has a scar or something that Voss had. It was like one of those identifiers that where people were like, hey, wait a second. I think this might be the homie. <laughs> and then everybody says, ah, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the game comes out and it turns out it meant everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, as far as myself, I've never gotten into the Far Cry franchise. Always um, admired it from a distance. But um, cool to see an announcement and glad to see that there's a free upgrade to the next-gen version. And yeah, I would like to see what this game looks like. Um, if it's a game, obviously it's been for the majority, it's been developed on, I'm assuming, the PS4 hardware, so it'll be taking advantage of that hardware. But knowing that it has an upgrade coming down the line for the PS5 and uh, Xbox Series X, I'm interested to see what um, that upgrade will entail and just like what they, what they plan to do with this game to push it forward um, with uh, the possible constraints or not of the uh, current-gen hardware. But yeah, uh, as far as I know... Far Cry has always been a, a fun series. You, you find your, like you find your, uh, your, your satellite stations, and you, you activate them. <laughs> your, your towers. You get your homies. Um, you control the map. I did enjoy that part of the uh, last Far Cry game. They, the whole lead up to it, they were just revealing all the allies that you'll be able to summon to help you as you're playing the game. And um, they already mentioned here that you got a wiener dog that will be uh, distracting enemies. So it'd be kind of cool to see what other additions they'll have to maybe change it up and to change up the gameplay just a little bit. Um, also, they revealed a little gameplay of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. 
Oh, was it real gameplay this time, AMC? Yeah, it was actual gameplay. Um, so, yeah, we saw a little bit more of the, those uh, double axes. Um, we saw that you can throw those axes, and they will appear right back in your hand. It's kind of funny. Like <laughs> after, after playing uh, God of War and summoning that axe back to you, it was, uh, it was a little jarring to see you throw your weapon and then just have it like in your hands in the next second. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. Um, it's like, have we learned nothing? Yeah, <laughs> like, just just give him the axe summoning ability. Uh, Either that, or like have the axes be persistent in that you know you throw it in a guy, it's yeah, go gonna put him down. You go yank it out of his body. Yeah, and exactly. Beat somebody else with it. Maybe it's like maybe it's dulled a little bit from a result of the throw, and it has less it has less damage. Yeah, or, or like you just oh. open up, you have new ability. Like you, you change up your combat because now you're fighting with your fists, and so now you're throwing different combos before you get your axe back. Yeah, and I really want to see games, especially ones where they really, they really put onto the player the idea of the scarcity of items and resources. So if that's going to be the case, then the items and resources in the game can be restricted while also making them finite existing objects in the world rather than all right you break it and in four hours one's gonna spawn at a random spot on the map at some point like instead just have it like that's the axe it's the only axe here (laughs) (laughs) and it's like i gotta i gotta take care of that thing or it's just not gonna work properly i might have to rebuild it or reforge it Yeah, no. Um, they, really, they they don't want to talk about that though. No, nah, people get mad. <laughs> they got mad at Zelda when your weapons broke. <laughs> I shouldn't have to fix the master sword. If I just like a weapon, I should be able to use that for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, why can't I just express myself? Yeah. <laughs> why Why are you limiting my options? Yeah. Um. So yeah, with uh with that, I mean, the combat did look good. They uh, focused mainly on the raiding aspect of the game, so we got to see what that looked like um, as you're on your boat pulling up to, uh, I guess, a base to then take it over. You see the group combat as as well as the individual combat. They did show actually that you do get other weapons in the game. I believe after one fight, he took somebody's uh, dagger, which actually looked pretty dope. Um, she did shanked him with it. Yeah, shanked him with it, and then took it, and was like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna hold on to this. So there will let me hold that. <laughs> yeah, there will be a diversity of weapons. I believe we also saw like a two-handed axe in one of the fights. Um, there were some pretty cool things as far as gameplay goes. Um, I, I, I maybe just content like side quests. Uh, at the end of one of the uh, raids, um, there was a boss fight. Uh, with a, a dude who had a wolf he took out the wolf you take down the dude and then you get options to kill the guy or let him live and i believe they chose to let the person live and then there's more gameplay yada 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 there's a raid they go back to the base where they're where they're having drinking games you know celebrating their victory and then um somebody of the party i believe um walks up um stumbling um, you realize that they've been attacked and then they they faint 
And then next thing you know, you're in a boss fight with that guy that you decided to uh, live, who I guess I believe you brought back with you. Um, and so this is all content that wouldn't have happened if you had decided to kill the person in the moment. But then because you kept them while celebrating, uh, this, this horrible event happens and leads into um, a big fight where everybody circles around and watches you fight against this guy. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's, there's cool things littered within the game that are clearly come down to one your options and also unlocking possible content that could exist or could uh, just completely go down a different way so you see kind of some of the branching arcs um that can play out in some scenarios so that's that's also cool that they've um added those options within the game just to give it a little different flair uh there is also um taken <laughs> there's a lot of sorry there's gonna be a lot of references to god of war certainly similarities uh at one point as you're traveling you're on your long boat and in god of war you'll be rolling with uh, your boy as you're heading to the next location and um kratos would uh just telling would tell atreus uh, stories of like his journeys and also just of that world and uh in this game you have your crew and they're they're rowing the boat and while you're rowing they also have their stories so that's a, a way to get to know your people as you're traveling from in between destinations so that that seemed um something that's pretty uh interesting with um passing the time and also building your settlements and all that good stuff that goes into not just being you but also being a leader of a, a tribe so um yeah they're doing some interesting things with assassin's creed um i'm i'm not it's just never been my franchise but i'm sure the people who are all about that franchise they're seeing some of the things brought back from um what is it odyssey. Black flag. i was gonna say black flag and also yeah odyssey which were the big um uh, assassin's creed uh, markers in the franchise so yeah still doing good things um didn't really take down any other notes with the ubisoft forward a dub um any thoughts or or, or any temperature checks of the community that you got uh, I mean, apparently the delay for Watch Dogs Legion paid off. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. I didn't really get a good look at Hyperscape, so I'm going to have to go back and check that out. I mean, the crew, too, is the crew, too. What, do you, what else do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing really stood out to me, but it's nice to see what Assassin's Creed is going to be when it eventually comes out. Apparently it's coming out two days before cyberpunk. So that's interesting. Well, now we're really going to see what people, what people want. Are you tired of the old Ubisoft open world formula or are you, or do you have no faith in cyberpunk? What's going on? (laughs) Do you really hate Keanu Reeves that bad? (laughs) Both games shouldn't sell. (laughs) Ah, I'm just being weird. Yeah. Overall, it's, I mean, it didn't, it didn't sell me on next gen consoles. It didn't sell me on Ubisoft as a company. So, you know, (laughs) as a label, yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean, man. I'm not not trying to write a diss record here, but basically it's, I saw some games is basically how that, that boils down for me. Like there's nothing that moved me or grabbed my attention or is really worth talking about but at the same token at least things are coming out and at least things are being given the time they need to be as good as they have to be these days yeah as far as i go it's like uh if if there's not a division announcement then i'm i'm kind of always lukewarm when it comes to ubisoft could you imagine the division three 
Oh my god! Oh, that next Oh, it's so much cover. <laughs> Everything is destructible. <laughs> it's uh, gonna have the destructibility that the Microsoft promised us with Crackdown Three. Yes, especially with um, in the age of COVID, they could do some interesting things with. Uh, hopefully, we'll be long past COVID by the time Division comes out, so yeah. that then they can like touch on it in a way like uh, where it doesn't feel too soon i guess is what i want to say but um yeah they could do some really interesting things with uh the division uh three especially with that next gen hardware yeah i mean they, they could have quarantine zones or like straight up where not just the building where you have to wear the gas mask but like whole city blocks it's like yeah it got real bad here you got to mask up in this whole section. Maybe it changes gameplay. Maybe you can't use certain types of weapons without causing environmental hazards or things like that. Maybe you need a hazmat suit. Or, or you can choose to not wear your suit and, and take your chance. Yeah. <laughs> Be a rebel. <laughs> and then you end up getting permanent permanent stat debuffs. <laughs> like it just, you permanently lose a level. <laughs> yeah. And, and and the upgrades that you need. Like, you got to level up again to unlock the upgrade. Like, you got to learn how to breathe on your own again. Yeah. But you get to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting weaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. It's it's pretty much how I feel. Um, how, how do other people feel they do? Uh, They're going to they gonna tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, so we got trolled week. Yeah. We got people coming sideways at Ubisoft and, yeah. and they're showing their offerings. Yeah. So I get it. You know, it's not the best show in the world, but some people really took it to heart. So first troll goes a little something like this. They say nothing special here. These companies out here have completely forgotten about gamers like myself who've paved the way for games to be enjoyed today. Paved the way. <laughs> paved the way. If it wasn't for my hard-earned dollars and my time and my feedback and my leadership and my and my trade-ins and my waiting for price drops and yeah if my doing the best thing for me yeah oh man these are the interesting ones where they they feel like they're they contributed a noticeable amount like, you who you are even when gaming wasn't that big, it was still pretty big. There are millions of people who bought consoles and did things. Like you, out of like one in 10 million, so you're like, you're one 10 millionth of the support they've gotten, and you probably didn't even support as much as everybody else did. So let's, let's get off that high horse. Uh, had it not been for people like me who grew up in the 70s and 80s, spending countless amounts of money on this hobby, then it will be nothing today. Then I have to look around, and it's not a damn thing around for me to be interested in. What the fuck happened to Rayman and Splinter Cell? Give me a break. Hey, man. Rayman is a great game, I will say that, but you're only talking about one of many IPs that they have. (laughs) (laughs) Splinter Cell. Everybody on the edge of their seat for the Splinter Cell announcement. And then they're going to complain about the stealth. Yeah. It's too tough. Not my Sam Fisher. (laughs) Next troll says, the way they just pump open world games out like a factory, they all look and play exactly the same. You know all all those open world games that they got? (laughs) Like Assassin's Creed, where you're a Viking in open world. Or like Division, where 
you're a third person cover based shooter in an open world, <laughs> or maybe like Far Cry, where it's a first person role playing type shooter in an open world, <laughs> or for or, yeah, for open honor. world MOBA. <laughs> <laughs> or what about 2D JRPG style game Child of Light? Yeah. Or what about Mario and Rabbids? Open world. <laughs> Tactical. Open world. Tactical open world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, didn't Ubisoft do like a snow sports game or something? Like The Peak or something like that? I'm making up names right now. What about Just Dance open world? Just Dance open world dance game. Challenge anybody. Any that, would, that would be pretty high. <laughs> if you could just be walking down the street, all of a sudden start, can't, like, start breaking. Then you gotta, you gotta start battling some dude. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Why are we charging consultant fees? Yeah. <laughs> like, I dare, I dare any developer take any one of these game ideas that we've shared on this on this show for free, and if it's not successful, then never mention it. But if it is successful, give us our credit. You gotta upgrade your boombox. You walk around with uh, with cardboard. <laughs> upgrade your cardboard. <laughs> Imagine if that was what the Warriors was. Yeah. <laughs> Like um, why? Why isn't there a b boy RPG? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you build a crew. You build a party. You, got, you build the Rocksteady crew. <laughs> you throw parties. Yes, and then you battle all the crews to show up to the party, and then eventually you start getting well known in different boroughs for how good your parties are and how dope your moves are. Then the big boys come out of their boroughs, come to your borough. You beat them, but then they're not having it, and like it turns into a whole thing. <laughs> and then you start brawling, and then the boroughs start beefing. Uh, then you gotta start tagging your crew, <laughs> and then and then rap. You reach the rap level. Like uh, there's a point in the game where you unlock the rapper, and then you can start putting out like diss tracks or like hood anthems. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and just build up the morale, or like bring down the morale of the neighboring boroughs. Eventually, take them over. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a hip hop RPG that would be crazy. That takes place over multiple time periods yeah, throughout hip hop. Amazing, that would be amazing. Be like it ends as a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> Locked in your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rapping on the computer. <laughs> Maintaining your social media presence, not going to parties. Creating tracks of people you never met before. Not doing shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the gameplay really just nose dives toward the Oh man. oh man! Great, great tangent. Uh, sorry. What, what else? What else are they saying about Ubisoft? Ada? Saying, uh, somebody asked the question of if Ubisoft is like just one of the laziest developers. They just keep putting out the same games. Uh, one user said, "From software as well, uh, they're the Japanese Ubisoft. Just copy and paste the same thing year after year." One trick pony. <laughs> well, let's see. They made they made Demon Souls, uh -huh. and then they had to make Dark Souls, which was basically a spiritual successor to that, or whatever they want to call it. Then they made two sequels to Dark Souls, so that's all the same franchise. Which you would just take the things that you did in the previous game and build upon them. That's what a franchise is. Uh, from there, they had Sekiro and Bloodborne, two other games. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And they're very different while they share the same foundation 
of the soul's experience and similar, like, I guess, whatever the survival mechanics or the item mechanics of that kind of game. They're completely different. So whatever, though. <laughs> They're going to keep trying to come in from software sideways. Just wait till Elden Ring. It's going to be great. Yeah, Next boy, tra- George R. R. Martin comes out right in that script. Yeah. Already done with the work. People saying that he'll never finish the work. Yeah. <laughs> Next Troll says, I still don't understand how a company can make over a dozen games focus on melee combat, yet still suck so bad at it. I mean, it didn't look bad at all. There, I, I, I said my my piece as far as like the axe throwing, but the combat actually did look pretty hot. Overall, yeah. It, it, it let's let's not get the wrong idea. I mean, pretty prominently at the top of the screen when you're watching the demo, clearly says that it's not representative of the final product. So obviously, this is an earlier build of the game. For me, the combat, it looked a little too, too like, video gamey, if that, makes a, if that makes a lot of sense, where it's just, like, the movement and stuff didn't feel like it had weight to it. It felt like the character was kind of just moving around at their leisure, just unleashing combos like it's nobody's business. As uh, we'll see once the, the final product is put out into the wild. But for me, it's just, I want something a little more realistic, a little heavier with it. So overall, though, you can't really down Ubisoft for having combat that isn't good when their combat system has spread far and wide in other studios and other video games. Like, yeah, that and the Arkham system as well. Those are the two most prevalent combat systems that there are today. So... Give them their credit where it's due. It may not be the best thing. I mean, it's definitely not the worst thing. Yeah, people are enjoying Assassin's Creed. They've ever since they did that relaunch with the Origins, like people have been really appreciating Assassin's Creed, like the, the fans of the franchise. So I, I, I just I look at it from their perspective and they're loving what they're doing with that with those games. Hey, Assassin's Creed sells steadily. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's it's not a joke. So if it was really as bad as people are trying to make it out to be it wouldn't be around. Next troll says, of the entire show, now we're getting show trolls. Uh, so far, it's complete garbage. <laughs> Next troll says, when will companies realize that we don't give a crap about the people that make the games? We just want to see gameplay of new games. So I imagine at some point during the show, they probably had like the, the coders and the level designers and the animators saying their piece about the game and the working conditions. And apparently people don't care about that. You know, the same people that throw a hissy fit every time a developer says that they're going through a crunch period or that people are doing a lot of overtime. It's like you you can't have it both ways. You either care about the people and want them to be treated better or you don't care about the people even when a developer is obviously trying to give them a voice and let people see the faces that are behind the products that they put out for a change. So I found that weird. What about you, AMC? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like they just want to see developers only as victims. So it's the moment that 
the moment that they rise to any type of prominence where they are featured in um, a presentation for a game, then people are suddenly like, oh, go fuck yourself. You think you're great. You think you're Todd <laughs> Howard. <laughs> and then like, oh, you, you think you're changing things. Yeah, it's like Kojima. <laughs> you think your shit don't stink. Yeah, Kojima. It's like any of those dudes. Once you get a name and people know who you are, they suddenly hate you. But then when you're a nameless victim, they suddenly care about you. So it's, it's weird. They're like, it's almost like they want to just paint developers into this box of uh, struggling artists or yeah, like artists that are being taken advantage of by these, being exploited. Yeah. Being exploited by these big money makers. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's very hypocritical. I'll say. <laughs> Next show says same old, same old from Ubisoft. They've run out of ideas. Just a constant stream of samey open world games. <laughs> Right. At the at this point in time, Ubisoft is supporting like half a dozen or more franchises simultaneously, all of which are different. Yeah, they might mostly be open world, but that's just that's just the design of a game. That's not necessarily the mechanics and the experience you're gonna have within that open world. It's the space that you that you operate within. So I mean well you have Rainbow Six Siege, you have the division you have watchdogs, you have the crew, you have whatever the hell else they have. Assassin's Creed, <laughs> Far That's Cry. The there's so there's so many different experiences that Ubisoft offers that even if they're just showing you the same old stuff every time, it's still a lot of different stuff. If you're into that, that's great. And also these are these the big single player experiences that people want that like they're always talking about are going away. And when Ubisoft comes out, <laughs> yeah. they show off those multiplayer live service style games or even the competitive games. People suddenly like don't give a shit about any of that. So it's like, so you're upset with their single player games and you won't even acknowledge that they make all these multiplayer games that people play as well. <laughs> yeah, Next. The dog, the dog <laughs> get mad at these trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can take it, man. Just look, Next Troll says, Ubisoft has lost my interest next gen. After Far Cry 5, how can they think of making another one? Because I, I was, yeah, what? <laughs> that, was the, that was the one to beat them all, Far Cry 5. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it's because a lot of people bought it in a very short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> and over all the time that it's been out. I'm thinking about it. I should do it. Damn. Don't do it. Yeah. No. I need to get some true Vault Hunter. Yes. And you got Ghost of Tsushima on the way. And I got Ghost of Tsushima. I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. And I got Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm going to put that game through its paces so hard. I'm playing on the hardest difficulty. I'm definitely looking at my skill tree, figuring out how I want to how I want to progress, how I want to become the ghost, and just soaking it in. Uh, uh, next troll. Last troll. Last troll. Next troll. U last troll. Ubisoft games will always be the same: tiresome, repetitive, and lengthy. <laughs> Isn't that what you want in your games? <laughs> exactly. Lengthy. Same. Same gameplay. Don't don't change it up too much on me. Exactly. <laughs> what was the other one? Tiresome. So full of content, I imagine. Yeah, full, just full so content. much, so much stuff to do that yeah. you just get lost in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it sounds like everything that you want in the game. Yeah, 
and without it. and without a free upgrade, by the way. Yeah. You don't see people getting mad at them over a seventy dollar game. If they if they literally announced that they would be a seventy dollar uh, next gen version, that's all people would be talking about. But yep. Because they don't have that and they're actually being consumer friendly, let's just rip their game apart then. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you even want the game? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always something, man. Um I'm fresh out of words. I can't do it. Well, then let's just roll right into that next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Uh, we had we had spoke we had brought up the the name Epic and Games earlier in um, in an earlier story. But a dub, what what you got? Well, looks like we weren't the only people that were impressed by the Unreal Engine Five tech demo that Epic showed off. Uh, it looks like Sony was actually quite taken to the point of opting into a minority interest of Epic to the tune of $250 million. Two, 250? 250, yeah, got themselves a minority stake in the company. So, you know, Sony's now reaping the benefits of Epic's success, if only in some small part. At the same token, I imagine this is going to allow them to gain closer access to the Unreal Engine team, as well as the engine itself. Maybe there might be some exchange of information going on there between the Sony first parties and Epic, you know, as well as, you know, Epic learning from them too and being able to make their engine even better, which in turn will make all games that use Unreal even better. So who knows? There's a lot of possibility on the table. We'll just have to see it in the Sony first-party titles as well as the games that are going to be running on Unreal Engine 5. So I'm looking very forward to that. That gives a very interesting hue to the future of next gen. How do you feel about this information? Um, yeah, everything in line with what you're saying. Um, so they um, just from one of the articles I pulled up, this before people start speculating epic confirmed uh, it will still be able to publish on other platforms as noted sony is acquiring only a minority part of epic games it is not a, uh, acquiring a controlling stake in the company um so yeah uh which means they'll still be able to do what they want to do but now sony recognizing what they've done up until this point by building their ecosystem by um building up this social currency with Fortnite. And so they have this, this entire base that Sony can maybe tap into in some way. And they've just made all the right moves up until this point. Um, even with all the hatred towards the Epic game store and <laughs> everything that they acquired. Um, yeah, it's uh, they see what they're doing and they just wanted a piece of the pie because they know that they're a company that's growing and it's going to be a player moving forward. So why not get in bed um, with them? So it, it makes sense to me, um, especially with that Unreal Engine. Um, so many games have already utilized that engine. And as you were saying, to have another one um, that they can maybe tap into because we've heard so much about how was it Kojima used that Gorilla, whatever Gorilla games, their engine. The to Decima create. engine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that just gives maybe another possibility of something that they can tap into for making games on the next-gen uh, console. So it just it makes sense looking forward to, like, have those alliances um, set up uh, for the future. So, yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's all it's all good from where I stand, A-Dub. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. 
Um, this does have this does possibly have other implications, though. I mean, what if what if what if say the relationships that Sony has with developers makes it easier for Epic to get more exclusivity deals for their launcher? Well, that is, um, yeah, because as we've seen with uh, the announcement of um, Horizon Zero Dawn going to PC, um, PlayStation has obviously been even with the delay releasing um, their first party exclusives on PC. And so maybe uh, you could see something possibly coming down the line where maybe those Sony releases will be exclusively released on the Epic game store. Uh, uh, Given all their Uh, data to China. (laughs) I want want my library in one place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Uh. I mean, that, that is definitely a possibility. Um, If like there's, especially for them, um, maybe there's some way moving those numbers around, it turns out to work out better for Sony to just have an exclusivity deal with the company that they're also in bed with. Um, So yeah, um, I'm sure there'll be people. Cutting up money. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure there'll be people who will try to find something wrong with this as of right now, but but just from the outside looking in, um, it's a good business move, I think. Um, So why not just do that? Yeah, it's outstanding. It's great. So, yeah. looking definitely looking for the benefits and the ripple effects that will occur from this slightly largish development in the industry. But uh, AMC, you got another topic of the week? Top topic of the week? Yes, I do. A dub. Um, you know what? So we can hit this one real quick. Xbox announced that they will be having their next Xbox Games Showcase. This will be on July 23rd, so not mm. too far away. Um, yeah, so just to set up this all up, uh, they, they had a previous showcase. It focused on third-party games. They let people know that it was going to focus on third-party games. <laughs> and the community said, we're all the first-party games. We're all the first-party <laughs> games. It was just a third-party showcase. What yeah. is this? And then they immediately jumped to, oh, this is a bad sign for Xbox because all these games suck. They have no games. Yeah. Um, so those are probably Sony trolls. <laughs> yes, not acknowledging that those games will be on PlayStation more than likely. So <laughs> if you didn't like those games, you're, you're basically saying you're not liking games that are coming to the PlayStation. Um, so yeah, uh, but this one is, it's expected that this is going to be the first party showcase. Um, I know some of the expectations are we might see some Halo Infinite finally, being Ooh. that it is the uh, the big holiday release and um, console um, launch title that people want to, uh, with the Series X. And especially with the way things have been going with um, the sidetracking with COVID and how it may affect um development of games hardware all that good stuff um people are curious to see how far along games are and so this would be a good time to break out halo just to show people what they can expect and also just um kind of uh silence some of the um the spec the the warriors and speculators of of doom so yeah um yeah it's uh i'm I'm looking forward to the showcase i want to see what first party titles they've acquired so many damn studios at least that they've let us know of and so you want to see what they're working on outside of that overwatch melee style game so yeah it'll be interesting to see what other first party next gen titles they have coming is uh we saw with with the sony state of play we saw like miles morales on the way and then um, that God body, Godfall. Um, and so yeah, this will this, this God body. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Everything is God body. Everything God body. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, 
Yeah, it would, they they do need to show up with uh, some first party titles. Uh, you got anything with that, Adobe? As far as just your feelings, your thoughts, your curiosities? Mm. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> to show up with some games. Yeah, just show up with the games. I'll be there when the time is right. I mean, I'm going to be just knee deep in Ghost of Tsushima. I might not even catch the show. No, but on the real, I'm going to be checking out the show. It's. I mean, this is the time to show and prove, so hopefully they really have a lineup that's going to knock people's socks off. Otherwise, it's like that that ball of shit that you've been trying to push back uphill is going to crush you. Because a, people are waiting for Xbox to come up short. Like that's, that's the meme. That's the general perception is that no matter what, it's just going to be the the holy trinity and like some other things that might not matter. Maybe another Ori or something like that. But no, personally, I'm hoping Xbox pulls it out. I'm not expecting to see much of anything compelling from the studios they acquired because they were already in the process of making games that I believe that they've that we know about or that they've already revealed by now. We know about Wasteland 2. We know about Outer Worlds. Three, three, right? Oh, three. Yeah, you're right. Wasteland 3. I need to play. I need to finish 2. That game is so great. And Wasteland 3 is going to be outstanding. I believe that comes out next month. So if that's your jam, you need to get some bread ready. Anyway, but... Yeah, man, I hope Microsoft pulls it off. It would also be an excellent motivator for Sony to perhaps push the bar even further. However, I think I think Sony's just on like some some next level like swami shit when it comes to the game development side or the game industry because if you think about it, they came in the game off a project that Nintendo bailed out of and they turned that into one of the most successful or probably the most successful like console family ever. And then, so PlayStation one changed the game, brought the CDs, PlayStation two came, changed the game even further, brought the DVDs, PlayStation three, Blu-ray. We start getting like the cinematic. <laughs> they, they start screwing up. Yeah. yeah. They start getting arrogant. They start the sale, pro- get, sale processes. Get more jobs. (laughs) No, but like by the time they hit PlayStation 3, like they had they had the track record, they had the experience, they had the relationships with developers, both first and third party. And they kind of understand what the pulse of the gaming experience is going to be over time. Whereas I think Microsoft is just now beginning to figure that out. Unfortunately, they figured it out at the stage where they need to employ or, excuse me, acquire more creative houses in order to be able to work on products and, you know, really, really just have like a think tank and an incubation chamber where these amazing ideas can boil to the surface rather than, you know, just having a handful of first party studios that that might get it every so often. So, you know, improve your odds. But Sony, like, they started the whole cinematic experience thing with PS3. PS4, they really got it together and just, like, mastered it. Now with PS5 and this epic investment, I'm thinking they're about to get 
on this level where they're going to spread that that capability and those tools to the majority of the industry or whoever's going to be using Unreal Engine 5. So it's like that next level thing that I think is going to happen. And it might be awesome. So hopefully with Microsoft, they're, they're learning quickly. They're showing good signs. They're moving in the direction of at least, you know, staying in the race, let alone one day maybe coming out on top again. So, I mean, you got to make a good impression on the 23rd or it's just, it could be bad. (laughs) So I'm hoping for the best for Microsoft. Yeah, well, it's like you want them to stop trying to go head to head with Sony. Like, and that's not saying that, they're just conceding and like saying like, all right, well, we, we lose, blah, blah, blah. It's more like you need your own identity at this point. And that's like, well, like three- stop trying to buy a victory. It doesn't work like that. But what are you talking about? Just, you can't just throw money around and like lock up exclusives or just buy developers. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to the creative synergy of all those units and just, like you're saying, the identity of the brand coming to the surface and showing people what they really are about. Instead of just look at everything we have, it's like, look at all this great stuff we're bringing. Yeah, well, that's like, that's where, so they had created that momentum as far as right now with the uh, next gen, as far as all the everything else surrounding uh, gaming. And so they, they, They've done a great a great job with uh, messaging, and that's like where if you can knock one thing with Sony, it's been their messaging up until that last uh, was that last state of play or whatever showcase, mm-hmm. and then that's when people are like, oh shit, like all right, we're gonna stop uh, knocking Sony because now they're showing us some games that we want. Mm-hmm. But so like Xbox messaging has been great up until this point, and now it's just the one thing that's um, there from this current generation is where you failed was you didn't give us the great first party games other than Cuphead, Ori, and I don't know what else. Cause those are the ones that I bought. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, like as of right now, it's like, well, your flagship titles, you didn't get right. Or at least you didn't make the splash that you were supposed to make, which was God of War and Halo. So you got to get those two things, right? Oh, Gears of War. Oh yeah, that's right. Gears of War and uh, Halo. And so you got to get those two things right. But I mean, and that's where they're trying to do things right with Halo Infinite. So that's a big one. We got to see what they have there. But yeah, as I was saying with like getting their own identity, it's like with the Switch, it's, I absolutely love the Switch and it's not at all like my PlayStation. Like it's literally the reason why I won't probably be playing, um, like it'll be interesting to see how I attack Ghost of Tsushima because with the Switch, I get most of my gaming done during the day because that's when I can play when nobody's going to bother me when I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be working. And so with the PlayStation, I have to actually like lug it upstairs if I want to end up playing Ghost of Tsushima during the week. If not, it's going to be a lot longer of an experience to play that game. Whereas with the Switch, the, the, the ability to just take it out of the dock, take it upstairs, play it while I'm working, and then when I have some free time, I can take it downstairs, dock that shit back in, and continue playing it. They found something that's very useful for somebody in my situation and a lot of people and people in other situations that are that need that um that variety. Better um, adults. Yeah, exactly. And so like you want like Microsoft to 
kind of stopped saying like, all right, what's Sony doing? Well, let's try to do that better. And let's just try to do our thing. And so I felt like they lost a little bit of that identity with the last generation. And like Sony just beat them to the punch with all the right, like, like what kept them, I guess, in a fighting position really was like with the 360 era was like one getting like locking down like Call of Duty because that's, they were just, they knew that that was going to be- The marketing. Yeah, they knew that was going to be huge. <laughs> and then so they're like, let's just lock that down, get those early exclusive content, uh, those early releases on like maps and stuff like that. And we'll always be ahead of the game. And then pe- that ended up being where people went to go play their third party uh, multiplayer games. Uh, and then they also just hit it off with like getting, what was it, uh, Mass Effect, the first one, um, getting that as at least a, a timed exclusive on there. So they made the right deals there to lock up those right exclusives. And so if they just need to come back with those first party games and locking down those studios is a step in the right direction. It's as you're saying, it's now we just need to see the fruits of those labors to see if you're not just going to come out with just a bunch of games, but a lot of quality games on top of that. So yeah, so we'll see what happens with that showcase. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm staying hopeful with it because I want there to be some competition. I'm not one of those people that likes to see just one console dominate the entire space because I do also think that that leads to um, laziness. (laughs) And so the more competitive, the more like Sony has to step their game up, which is uh, important. However, if one is dominating, call it like it is, quit trying to sugarcoat it. (laughs) Yeah, are people still trying to say that X was Xbox? Uh, yeah, One X is the best place. <laughs> Just that whole like PS3 versus 360 debate. Like, oh, Microsoft was ahead the whole time. It's like Sony was a year late and outsold them like every year. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was really when when uh, towards the end of the generation. Uh, when those those uh, first party exclusives really started dropping for Sony, that basically set up this next generation. Was when it was like, oh shit, like PS3 is now taking off. So it definitely got, it definitely got off to a rocky start with the price of it, and even like just the um, the the online. The, they were just so far behind uh, Xbox when it came to online creating group chats and all that stuff that they just they didn't have the features there, and so. Once they got all that locked in for the PS4, that's like really where like they just took off. So it was really like I would say towards the end of the PS3 generation and then bleeding into the PS4 generation. You know, people hated PlayStation Online until they started charging for it. <laughs> yeah, and then they, <laughs> then they got a good one. Yeah, <laughs> and then everybody, oh, I remember when it was free. Yeah, exactly. Why can't it be free anymore? Because you complain too much. That's why I can't be free anymore. Well, you want them to invest in their online and they need that money to maintain it and actually put in those features. Yeah, online needs to be an investment in order to be invested in. Exactly. So, now it is. Uh, speaking of Sony, or speaking of PlayStation, in the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. We have the June top downloads for the PlayStation Store. Oh, um, yeah. This is going to be um, pretty much expected, at least when it comes to that number one spot. Uh, number one, The Last of Us Part Two. It no makes surprise. total sense. Yeah, no surprise at all. Uh, number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, still holding on. Uh, number three, Grand Theft Auto V, still holding Damn. on. In the month with The Last of Us. Yeah. 
Grand Theft Auto. Well, what's number four? That'll tell you why Grand Theft Auto Five is number three this month. Uh, that is going to be FIFA Twenty. Uh, number it's five been for a while, I guess. Minecraft still holding it down. <laughs> okay, so it's all the it's all the heavy hitters and who's who's of top tens. Yeah, it's uh, exactly. Um, it's it, all the games where people are like, who's still buying this? Oh, everybody's still buying these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, because Last of Us was super popular, people had to go back, so The Last of Us remastered at the number six spot. Damn, the sequel even made the original sell better? Damn. Yep. Number seven, Marvel's Spider-Man. Number eight, Minecraft Dungeons. Damn, <laughs> Minecraft money has no bottom, dude. Exactly. That's why that's why Microsoft got in bed with them. Uh, nine Uno because people wanted their card games. Uh, Ten Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Uno, hold it down. That's so hilarious. Uno. Number nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number eleven. Fourteen games, man. <laughs> exactly. Eleven. I thought nobody wanted this. A dub. Days Gone. Still selling. Oh. Yep. A year later. Yep, still making you still moving units. Uh, 12 Mortal Kombat 11, 13 Red Dead Redemption 2. All right, 14 SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. <laughs> the uh, Last of Us Remastered outsold Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes, Uno outsold Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> Uno outsold anything, <laughs> Uno's on the top 10. <laughs> Uh, 15, Man NFL 20, 16, God of War, 17, because people still wanted The Forest, 18, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, they're getting excited for Valhalla, go back, right. get some Odyssey, 19, <laughs> UFC 3, and because, uh-huh. because Odyssey wasn't enough, and because nobody wants Ubisoft games, number 20, Assassin's Creed Origins. Damn. Damn, still. <laughs> still so, <laughs> I want that Egypt in my life. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Top three VR. Number one, Gorn. Never heard of it. All right. Number two, Super Hot VR. And number three, Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners. I thought nobody wants uh, zombie games either. Not another zombie game. <laughs> Too many zombie games. Uh, not another VR shovelware. <laughs> Uh, top three, um, top three free to play games. Number one, Call of Duty Warzone. Number two, Fortnite. Oh, epic! Epic! Oh, Sony. Mm-hmm, Sony. <laughs> and number three, uh, Apex Legends. So, yeah, still moving it. Um, any any comments before we move on to the next topic? <laughs> no. All right. Um, and then this is the last one I got. Unless you got something else. Um, so. Uh, the game that's been rumored, been talked about. We finally have some official information, this being Kingdoms of Amalur. Um, so Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, coming that's from right. Eurogamer, will launch on PlayStation 4, Xbox, Xbox One, and PC on September 8th. With the base version costing £34, you do the math. Beyond updated visuals, the remastered RPG also promises refined gameplay and all new content. The new expansion, meanwhile, is called Fate Sworn and will release sometime in 2021. That's all we know about the DLC at the moment, but THQ Nordic says further details will follow. So yeah, so we're not only getting um, basically a remastered Kings of Honor, we're getting uh, new content with that. So, Damn. 
And they're redoing the combat. Yep. And as we've seen with uh, the announcement of a new crash coming, uh, you support that remaster. A lot of times these are fillers for getting a sequel. And so for all those people that said what happened to the Kingdoms of Amalur franchise, you show up, you get this remaster, there's a possibility you got a sequel in the future. You got to show up so it can blow up. Yes. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Martin. Oh, yeah? How's that, <laughs> that going? How's uh, BGB? It, it's outstanding. Tashina Arnold is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Still. Yeah. <laughs> I love that show. What, any uh, notable episodes that you watched? Oh, man. Every one of them was notable. <laughs> it was one of the best like black sitcoms that was ever on television. Brother Man from the Fifth Floor. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, Marty Ma. Just had to borrow your CD playing. <laughs> gives it back broken. And his response every time is like, ah, Brother Man. <laughs> like, he you never, gave, you never he gave him, oh. He's just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Because he understands life. Like, he's, he's the Buddha of the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's just about living. It's about community. It's about being considerate. Tommy, we don't know what he does for a living, but he makes money. We do know what he does. <laughs> oh, what does he do? Well, he, he said it in one episode, but it, it became like a trivia thing several years later. But he, he's basically like a, like a youth counselor or something like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He works with kids. That's the, that's the main thing he said. Yes. One of my favorite episodes is the, uh, the Halloween episode. Where uh, the the house they they think the house is, I guess, um, possessed, and yeah. so they're, they're they're scaring Martin. I love that episode. <laughs> and then the episode with Biggie. <laughs> Man, oh, that was such a good episode. And the one when he did Romeo and Juliet, but he did it, but he did it Biggie style. Yes. Oh wait, then there's an episode with uh, Casey and JoJo when he comes. Yes. <laughs> with the, the, with the tank top on, yeah. Yeah. And the big old boots, like twisting the leg. <laughs> Yeah, who are you? Oh my god! Like, we got to start the the black sitcom podcast. Yeah, we might have to do the Martin podcast, or we just go through all the episodes. A special guest. Yes. <laughs> oh mercy! Yeah, yeah Ghost of Tsushima Friday. The wait is over. We we waited through several delays for The Last of Us Two, and that came and went. One of the greatest games I've ever experienced. And now the same thing is about to happen to Ghost of Tsushima. And then we just have a hop, skip, and a jump to Cyberpunk 2020, finishing as strong as a year could finish given the circumstances. I mean, this is hands down one of the, like, the greatest years. If you just look at it, like there's so many games that came out there just like murderers with a Final Fantasy remake. You got Animal Crossing. You got Doom Eternal. You got... Um, What's it called? Last of Us 2. We got Ghost of Tsushima. Cyberpunk 2077. These are all and these are all pretty much single player experiences outside of Animal Crossing. <laughs> mm-hmm. No loot boxes, no microtransactions. Uh-huh. Remember, yeah. remember that? Remember? <laughs> yeah, so I mean there's easily one of Remember like, when girls and games were sexy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Remember when video games didn't take on politics? 
So there's all this doom and gloom of where the industry is going. But if this year is any type of an indicator of where the industry is going, I mean, it's heading in an incredible direction. Yes. Yeah. Outstanding. A lot of, a lot of fan service, but then while also giving us a lot of new games to, to uh, chomp down on. So, I mean, it's, it's, it can't be much better than what we've gotten so far. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. And we got next gen consoles coming at the end of the year as well. So it's really big show. Yeah. It's a uh, easily one of the craziest years in gaming. Uh, any final words, a dub before we get out of here? Uh, stay cool, but stay apart. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Well, I am the AMC. And this is the we are controllers. Thanks for playing. Suckers! <laughs> <laughs>